Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Tristan Nunez driver of the 7-0 Skyactiv Mazda prototype, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Good evening and welcome to the April 11th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 158 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be talking attendance numbers, especially at Bristol, discussing the weekend of racing at Barber Motorsports Park, and of course, chatting about whatever other motorsports topics pop into the conversation. The 16 turn, 2.3 mile. 2.38 miles, scenic Barber Motorsports Park set the perfect stage for the F3 America's Championship powered by Honda season opener on Saturday, supporting the NTD IndyCar Series during the 10th anniversary of the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama. Designed as the next step in the Honda Open Wheel Championship progression from Formula Ford United States Championship powered by Honda, 13 JS F3 cars lined up for the first F1-style standing start of the season with series sophomore Benjamin Pearson of Copenhagen, Denmark. Claiming the checkered after a long race battle with his global racing group teammate, Dakota Dickerson of San Diego, and past guests on this program, who took second. Returning team members Abel Motorsports lead driver Jacob Abel of Louisville, Kentucky, wheeled the number 51 Abel construction car to an uncontested third-place finish to complete the second season debut podium. Starting on pole after stealing the fastest time in the final events of qualifying, Peterson shared the front row with series rookie Matthias Solar Obel of Bogota, Colombia. Dickerson and Abel lined up in row two. As the light went out, Solar Obel stalled on the start, allowing Dickerson and Abel to immediately jump into position. After a great start, earning position num- entering turn number one, Momentum Motorsports driver Shay Holbrook, another past guest in the program and possibly a future guest as well. Her race ended early in lap three, following a minor miscalculation in turn five that sent her into the retaining wall. On the restart, Peterson and Dickerson started to pull away from Abel, building nearly a 15-second gap from the third-place driver. The pair of bright orange global racing group drivers raced wheel-to-wheel the entire 30-minute session until the, the penultimate lap. Putting the pressure on Peterson in turns 12 and 13, Dickerson punched down the throttle of his number 72 Stress Engineering Global Racing Group car. The full 303 horsepower of his Honda engine came to as Dickerson entered turn 16. Attempting to pass in the turn, the car got loose, sending Dickerson off track. The reigning F4 U.S. champion quickly recovered and still finished the race nearly seven seconds ahead of Abel. Peterson, who was just filling in for the team this event after his teammate Blake Upton suffered a minor injury during a test a few days prior to the race, took the checkered more than seven seconds before Dickerson. James Rowe Jr. of County Kildare, Ireland, and Baltazar Leguizamon of Buenos Aires, Argentina, completed the top five with Logan Cusan, Masters Cup driver Dominic Cicero, John Paul Southern Jr., Kent Vaccaro, and Parker Locke, riding, rounding out the points positions. Dickerson set fastest time in the session, returning in pole position for round two on Sunday's Thurman race finale before the NTT IndyCars took the track. 
USAF four front runner Benjamin Peterson will compete in the 2019 BRDC British F3 Championship with the Douglas Motorsport team. The Danish American makes the move to British F3 after several strong years in single seaters in the USA, including three campaigns in the Formula Four United States Championship and selected races in last year's F3 Americas Championship. Peterson, aged 19, made his single-seater debut in 2016, taking a podium in his first race at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course and securing a top-ten finish in the championship standings. He was runner-up in the FIA standings in his second season in 2017, taking three wins and a total of six podiums throughout the year, including an impressive double triumph in front of the F1 paddock at Circuit of the Americas. With two full seasons under his belt, Peterson returned to the F4 Series in 2018, securing two more wins and four podiums in the 30-plus car field, but also combined his efforts with four rounds of the 2018 F3 Americas Championship, securing 10 podiums from the 11 races in which he competed and finished third in the championship standings. He finished the season with another impressive showing at the United States Grand Prix event, taking two second places in F3 and challenging for victory in F4 on the same weekend. Peterson's move to the 2019 BRDC British F3 Championship also introduces a new partnership between Douglas Motorsport and Global Racing Group, which develops and runs one of the premium development programs for young drivers through F4 and F3 in the United States. The newly forged relationship will help young, talented drivers in the U.S. progress to a career in single-seaters. We're now standing by for Benjamin Peterson to call into the the program tonight. He will hopefully be calling in momentarily. But while we stand by, let's go ahead and listen to a selection from Brian Pastana and the pit crew. This is Angel in Flames.
Once again, that was Angel in the Flames by Ron Poston and the Pit Crew. And we are currently standing by for Benjamin Peterson to call into the program, but we're going to go ahead and try to reach out to him directly. So if you stand by for one second, we'll see if we can get in touch with him this evening. Stand by. This is Benjamin. Hey, Benjamin Peterson. This is Adam Sinclair over Thursday Night Thunder with Adam Sinclair. How are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing? Pretty well. You're live on the air now. We've got a couple questions for you. Awesome. Perfect. Nice to be on the show. First off, congrats. Yep. First off, congratulations on your victory this weekend, especially given the relatively short amount of lead time you had before climbing into the car. For my listeners yeah, who might not you. be familiar with the series, can you tell us a little more about the F4 America series? Sure. So, so this season I'm competing in, or I competed this weekend in the F3 America's car. Um, and I actually moved mm-hmm. up from the F4 U.S. Championship car. So they look pretty similar, but um, the F3 is just a bit more of everything. So a lot more aero, a lot more power, um, just a lot more serious of a race car. And it's kind of like that next step after the F4 car. And the F4 is that first step in the ladder system. So kind of the FIA ladder system is you have F4, F3, and then F2, and then ultimately the pinnacle of motorsport, F1. Um so, yeah, so S3 this weekend, relatively short notice um, of when I was going to hop in the car because one of the drivers had a preseason injury. So I was called up last minute, and, yeah, it was awesome event driving at Barber Motorsports Park together with IndyCar. So we had some really good results, had pole position, win in race one, and then a, a second place in race two. So it's a very good weekend. Growing up, who was your racing idol? Uh, you know, there's a lot. I'd have to say one of my main ones for sure is Roman Grosjean, who is a Haas F1 team driver. He's actually still my mentor to this day, so I know him really well. Um, but obviously, you always look up to, to the drivers in the pinnacle of motorsport, which is F1. So, so Roman's a great example. I also really like Kimi Raikkonen, uh, Lewis Hamilton as a driver. So, so there's a lot of examples of, of people you look up to, but, um, but those are just a few to name a couple. What's your favorite track? 
Uh, I would have to say Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. We had a lot of success there in the past years. Um, we actually raced there together with F1. Um, we raced there both in F4 and in F3. Um, and I've raced quite a bit of track throughout the whole world now, especially during this preseason testing for the British F3 Championship. Um, but Circuit of the Americas in, in Texas is just absolutely amazing. The flow it has, the rhythm, every, it's just absolutely amazing circuit. So I'd have to go with, with Circuit of the Americas. And how many events do you race in per year? So for the British F3 Championship, we have 24 races on the calendar. So three races per weekend over eight, week, over eight weekends. Um, so yeah, it's it's a busy calendar for sure. And then this last weekend, that was one more to add. So so as of this year, 25 scheduled right now. So it's a very busy year, but it's good for me. I know you mentioned the the ladder system. We've gone from F4 to F3. And now you're competing in in Britain in their F3 division. But what's your ultimate racing goal? Uh, it's for sure F1. You know, the pinnacle of motorsport, especially you know being in that FIA ladder system right now. Um, but for sure, open wheel. So, you know, F1 is the big goal, but, you know, being with IndyCar this weekend, that was our first time with that very professional series. So IndyCar is for sure also uh, a, a potential opening that I, I would be very happy about. But um, but for sure, open wheel, maybe a little bit of sports car, um, but F1 and or IndyCar is for sure the goal. So. Well, let me throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally, who has a few questions for you as well, and then I, I think I have a few follow-ups after that. Sure, absolutely. So my first one is, what is your greatest moment at the racetrack? At the racetrack? Um, you know, I think it's when it all comes down to, to actual driving. You know, we're sitting in pre-grid, getting ready for the race. Uh, not the nerves, but, you know, but you're, all the excitement you're trying to channel into focus. Um, and then I think my favorite moment of the whole weekend is when you're sitting on the grid, lights are about to go out and the race is about to start. Um, and then once you kind of have the start kind of taken care of and then kind of just getting into that rhythm, um, that's, I would say that's my favorite part of the whole weekend. And can you tell us um, what a typical race day looks like for you? Sure. You know, we usually have some very long days, especially when we're with the team. So the day usually consists of getting up very early in the morning, um, usually at about 5.30 in the morning, 5, 5.30. We'll head out to the track, have a quick team meeting, um, obviously get breakfast as a team before at the hotel. Um, depends on the day, but then we usually have a driver's meeting out at the track uh, where all the drivers in the series come together and have a meeting before the day. And then, you know, we, we start our warm-up routine. We get back into the rhythm again, um, physically getting ready for our session. Then we're in the car, usually two sessions a day, maybe three if if it's like a promoter test day, for example, but but usually maximum of three sessions per day across a whole weekend, so three days. Um, so it's it's very intense. Sometimes we have some long nights if we're we're doing a very in-depth debrief with data and, and kind of overlay with video. So uh, for sure some long days, but, but it's all worth it. And my final question for you, um, I did some research. I Googled your name before this interview and I read that you have some wheel time behind the Subaru STI. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. 
So one of my main sponsors is Dirtfish Rally School. They're, lo- they're located in uh, Snoqualmie, Washington. So actually not too far from where I live. And it's one of the few rally schools in all of North America that, that even offer a rally school. Um, so I've had some, some time out there. Obviously, we use it to cross-train to kind of simulate when we're driving in the rain. Um, obviously, on a loose surface, so just being comfortable sliding the car. Um, so for us, it's great cross-training, and it's a lot of fun. So it's for sure something anyone can go and do at Dirtfish. It's it's a really top level school. Um, a lot of fun. It's you can do everything from a half day to a full on three day rally course. Um, and they've they've supported me since I started racing in open wheel, which is really really cool. Um, so yeah, happy to help represent them this year as well. So very cool school. When's your next event in the, scheduled in, in Great Britain? Uh, you know, I head out this Saturday, actually, for the first round at Olton Park for the British F3 Championship. So, yeah, I leave on Saturday. We have a little bit of testing as a track beforehand to get into the rhythm, kind of figure out some last-minute setup stuff. And then, uh, yeah, we're racing April 20 through 10. So that'll be very exciting. My, my first international race in England. So excited for that. And if my listeners are interested in learning more about you, where would they go for more for more information? For sure, yeah, you can go on globalracinggroup.com or you can follow me on social media. It's at Benjamin P nineteen ninety nine. Um, so here, go ahead and follow follow along on the journey. Um, a lot of cool content at the moment. So uh, yeah, just go ahead and follow and uh, enjoy. I would like to thank you very much for coming on the program this evening and wish you lots of luck over there in the in the F four championship and in the F three championship rather and and have a have a great year. Thank you. Really appreciate the time, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Once again that was Benjamin Peterson who races in the British F three championship and also has a little bit of experience racing over here in the F four and F three championship. Pretty nice of him to agree to come on the program this evening, and hopefully he has a great season, and we hear more from him in the future. Before we transition to our next guest, let's go ahead and listen to another selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. This is Dirt Track Racing.
Once again, that was Dirt Track Racing from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. You can find information for them by searching for Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew in your favorite web browser. After taking a frustrated second-place finish in race one at Barbara Motorsports Park, Brian Ortiz relished his run to the top of the Barry Tender Global Mazda MX-5 Cup presented by BF Goodrich Tires Podium in race two, his first victory of the 2019 season. Pulsator Gresham Wagner, the number five, six sideways racing car, held the lead for the opening nine laps before race one winner Selin Roland took over. But just four laps later, a determined Ortiz in the number four Copeland Motorsports machine moved to the front and never looked back. If he had looked behind, he'd likely have been entertained by the battle between Roland Kemper, Luke Osner, and Michael Carter. The action got a little too close when Roland number 87, Stick Sideways Racing, locked up under braking for turn five and made contact with Carter, who spun. Roland was issued a drive-through penalty for incident responsibility, while Carter was able to recover and finish sixth in his number eight Copeland Motorsports car. All the jockeying for position let Ortiz break away from the field to take the win. 15-year-old Robert Nowaker, number 13, six sideways, took advantage of the incident between Roland and Carter to come home in second, 1.135 seconds behind Ortiz. Coda Race 1 winner Drake Kemper returned to the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup podium to claim third place, as well as the battery tender hard charger award, after moving up eight spots from start to finish. Luke Oxner narrowly missed the podium in his number 77 white racing machine, finishing fourth for their net second time on the day. Robert Stout, who changed cars for race two and started in the back of the grid, climbed all the way to fifth in the number 28 McCombie McAleer racing entry. John Dean II, number 16, six sideways racing and past guest on the program, continued his perfect record in the ND1 class, winning by 1.245 seconds over teammate Nathaniel Sparks number eight, Six Sideways Racing. The duo spent most of the race trading positions with Herman Palermo, number 20, Slipstream Performance, who finished third. Following round four of 12, Ortiz is provisionally the new championship leader with 100 points. Kemper is second with 93, and Roland is third with 91. Rounds five and six will take place June 20th through the 22nd with the NTT IndyCar Series at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. We're currently standing by for Brian Ortiz to call into the program. He should be calling in momentarily. So let's go ahead and listen to another selection from Ron Pastan, the pit crew. Get them all in on the show tonight. Let's go last when you crash.
Once again, that was Last When You Crash by Ron Pasana and the Pit Crew. Currently standing by for our next guest to call into the program, Mr. Brian Ortiz, who just recently was the winner in the Mazda MX-5 Cup Series at Barbara Motorsports Park. We're going to stand by for a few seconds for him, but let's go ahead and ask the most important question. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of sport. Contact either Michael Malali or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. This is Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, episode 158 of the program. We are pleased this evening to be joined by Brian Ortiz, who should be calling in momentarily. We'd like to thank our previous guest, Benjamin Peterson, who is getting ready for his first season in the British F3 Championship after running several years in the Formula 4 U.S. Championship and the F3 Americas Championship. We've got lots of news to cover after we're done talking to Mr. Ortiz, and we'll give him a couple couple more minutes before we move on to that that information. I guess as soon as we get into it, that'll be a guarantee that he will call in almost immediately. Should be a good weekend racing again this weekend. There's a couple of races going on. We're not going to cover as much information on the uh, NASCARs in Richmond this weekend. They announced the... Uh, some changes to their qualifying procedure. It is not a final change to qualifying procedure because everybody knows their qualifying procedure is just stupid right now. Um, but they have reduced the amount of time in qualifying. They're all going to be five-minute rounds as opposed to ten-minute rounds, which will hopefully encourage the guys to actually leave pit road and race most of the entire time as opposed to sitting there and waiting for the perfect time. And there is never really any perfect time. So we'll see how that goes. There's also another event going out in the West Coast. The Grand Prix of Long Beach there in Long Beach, California takes place. There's a lot of different series racing in that event, as there normally are every year. Uh, We've covered a little bit of that today on SpeedwayDigest.com, so be sure to check out the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com for more information. We're going to go ahead and move into our next story, and if Mr. Ortiz calls in while we're working on it, I'll go ahead and go directly to him. 
Last year, Houston Raceway Park, powered by Pennzoil, was the site of one of Brittany Force's most triumphant moment, moments in her standout career. As the 2017 Top Fuel World Champion returned from a season-opening crash in Pomona to win in Houston just a few months later. It was a special moment for Force, since she will look to add another in her 10,000-horsepower advanced auto parts dragster this weekend's 36th annual Mopar Express Lane NHRA Spring Nationals, presented by Pennzoil. After racing to run finish on Sunday in Las Vegas, Force has momentum heading into the back-to-back NHRA Medigal Racing Series weekend, and she is thrilled again to take advantage in Houston. Force, Top Fuel, and J.R. Todd, Sunny Car, were last year's winners of the event, which will include live finals coverage on the Fox National Broadcast Network starting at 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, April 14th. It marks the NHRA's 2019 season debut on Fox and is the fifth of 24 races this year. For Force, things have come together quickly with the new team, and after the result in Vegas, the former world champion may be ahead of schedule as she competes for a second world title. The John Force Racing Top Field team added crew chief David Grubnick and Max Savage into the mix in 2019, and the potential has already been obvious. After a slow start to the season, Force came alive in Gainesville, qualifying number one with a 3.680 at 326.32 miles per hour and picking up her first round win of the year. She qualified third last weekend in the four-wide racing event in Vegas, winning her first two quads to advance to the final round. She went 3.810, falling to Mike Salinas, but the team accomplished a great deal as it moves into position for its first win of 2019. Forrest hopes the strong weekend carries into Houston, but the top fuel class is loaded with talent. She beat Terry McMillan in the finals last year, and Forrest will also have to deal with likes of Salinas, defending world champ Steve Torrance, points leader Doug Letta, Leah Pritchett, Clay Milliken, three-time world champ Antron Brown, and Gainesville winner Richie Crampton, also past guest on this program. But she hopes to capitalize on the way this team is racing right now, eyeing a jump in the point standings. She just sits around out of fourth and is pleased her team is being rewarded for its hard work. In Funny Car, J.R. Todd, another guest, will look to grab early season momentum as the defending world champion. will face off with points leader Robert Height, who has two wins in 2019. Phoenix winner Matt Hagen, 16-time world champion John Force, Bob Tasca, and Tommy Johnson Jr., who just celebrated a birthday. The E3 Spark Plugs NHRA Pro Mod Drag Racing Series, presented by JNA Service, makes its second of 12 stops in 2018 at Houston Raceway. Park powered by Pennzoil. Todd Tedero sprinted to the victory at the season opener at Gainesville, while the class also includes popular drivers Erica Anders and Alex Laughlin. The event also features thrilling competition in the NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series, showcasing the future stars of the sport, as well as the Mickey Thompson Tires NHRA Top Fuel Harley Drag Racing Series. The Mountain Motor Pro, Start class, Pro Stock class will also make its 2019 debut at the event, making the first of four races during the year where the powerful Mountain Motor Pro Stock cars take to the track. As always, fans will have the opportunity to interact with their favorite drivers as they're granted an exclusive pit pass for the most powerful and sensory-filled motorsports attraction on the planet. This unique opportunity in motorsports gives fans direct access to the team, allowing them to see firsthand the highly skilled mechanics service their hot rods between rounds and get autographs from their favorite NHRA drivers. 
Fans also will want to re- visit the NHRA's popular Nitro Rally in Manufacturers Midway, where sponsors and race vendors create a carnival atmosphere with interactive displays, simulated competitions, merchandise, fun, and food for the entire family. The Metal Yellow Drag Racing Series qualifying will feature two rounds at 4.30 p.m. and 7.15 p.m. on Friday, April 12th, and the final two rounds are qualifying Saturday, April 13th at 2.30 p.m. and 5.00 p.m. Final eliminations are scheduled for 11 a.m. on Saturday, Sunday, April 14th. Check out your local listings to see when the program will be on the air. To purchase reserved seats, call 281-383-RACE or visit HoustonRaceway.com. Kids 13 to under are free on the spectator side with a paid adult. To honor NHRA's salute to first responders, military and first responders can save 20% on reserved tickets in advance or at the gate. For more information, visit NHRA.com. Following its record-breaking 2019 Scottsdale Auction Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auction, announced today that it has sold out its docket for the 17th annual Palm Beach Auction April 11th through the 13th, 2019, at the South Florida Fairgrounds. Setting a new record as the company's largest three-day Palm Beach auction to date, Barrett-Jackson has consigned over 600 vehicles, which across the block, which cross the block nearly all at no reserve. From Thursday, April 11th to Saturday, April 13th, over 600 vehicles and 300 pieces of automobilia will cross the block starting every day at 9 a.m. Continuing with the momentum sparked by the 2019 Scottsdale auction, Palm Beach offers another spectacular docket featuring world-class resto mods, 1950s Americanas, supercars, and future classics. Barrett-Jackson also presents a sold-out venue with over 100 sponsors, exhibitors, and food vendors creating the ultimate automotive lifestyle event in the Southeast. The 2019 Bear Tracks and Palm Beach Auction will also be streaming all the cars all the time on BearTracks.com. Click here to view the, yeah, not going to read the click here thing, but you can check out BearTracks.com slash events slash event slash schedule slash Palm Beach dash 2019 for information on the auction schedule. It also has information about the auction docket and more information as well. Check that out at barrett-jackson.com slash events slash event slash schedule slash Palm Beach dash 2019. For more information on becoming a bidder for the 2019 Palm Beach auction, which I'm surprised there's still information about that available, but I heard on the news as well today, follow the link to barrett-jackson.com slash bid. I might be heading out there to the Palm, the, uh, Palm Beach Fair Jackson auction either tomorrow or Saturday. Haven't quite decided yet. So it should be an interesting event this weekend. Um, that is one of the major events going on here in the Palm Beaches, and it's pretty much the last motorsports event, if you can call it a motorsports event, of the spring here in South Florida. It is kind of a motorsports event. They've got lots of different cars related to motorsports, including tomorrow afternoon. They've got the uh, one of Jeff Gordon's cars going to be coming across the auction block. On Saturday, one of... One of Dale Earnhardt's cars from, I believe, 1977 will also be coming across the block. So that'll be interesting to see how, how much money those bring. I know the Jeff Gordon car does go for charity tomorrow. I don't think the Earnhardt car does. I think the Earnhardt car is part of a, a private collection. But there's an awful lot of amazing cars out there, as stated in the in the information previously. There's over 600 vehicles there. I've seen pictures of a couple of them, both on the local news as well as from press releases. There's a, and even one from a guy who works at the South Florida Fairgrounds. Um, they've got the Wagon Queen family truckster from the vacation movies out there. Uh, the the big uh, red truck from Twister, complete with the 
with the Dorothy in the back of it is uh, also out there. There's also a few other movie cars and that sort of thing. It's always a big deal to have the movie cars at Barrett Jackson. So it'll be interesting to see. And uh, if you if you want to head out there, it's a, a great event. There's a great great time to go out there. It's mostly a car show as much as an auction. Plus they've got vendors and stuff to sell sell your stuff for your own collector car or your own personal car. You just drive back and forth to work every day. So be sure to check it out. As they say it, it starts every day at 9 a.m. Um, it, it runs until 7 p.m. according to the information I received. So be sure to check it out. It runs through Saturday. One of the major issues that we wanted to discuss on tonight's program, since it appears that, that we might have to reschedule uh, Mr. Ortiz for a future event, a future show, uh, is the the lack of people who were at the uh, Bristol Moore Speedway this past week for their their spring race, the daytime race there at the track. It looked like there was less than 50% people in the grandstands. It looked like there was a heck of a lot less than 50% people in the uh, 50% of their capacity in the parking lot, and even less in the camping camping grounds there. Um, there are numerous reasons for that. We've discussed them off and on on this program since its inception. Um, but it's not really a good thing when you see that the uh, the grandstands are more than half empty at any NASCAR track, especially a track they, they tend to bring up as one of their marquee events. So there are a lot of problems that have to be addressed in NASCAR. Um, there's been a lot of different stuff online, a whole lot of different stuff online in the past week, and some stuff on the on the uh, on the television as well, talking about the the different factors that may or may not have influenced the the decline in Bristol attendance for the past decade, especially. Um, one of the things they talked about was the increased hotel prices, which I think is more of a red herring because people will pay if they want to go and see a race. And that's a long-term problem. I think since the beginning of NASCAR, they've raised their, their race at uh, hotels on around race weekends. Um, so that's not not the underlying factor. Another factor, of course, is the fact that the, the demographic for NASCAR has changed, um, and in some ways hasn't changed enough. Uh, there's a lot of older people, um, people my uh, my parents' age and a little bit older, who are the core fans for NASCAR still. Uh, they don't get as many young people as they should, definitely not. Uh, they don't get any, very many people of color who show up at those events, um, and it's uh, it's really a problem because if you can't get the, the people who live around the tracks to show up to them and you can't get people to, to fly in or drive in for special events, then you're not going to end up with anybody in the grandstands, and that's really a, a pretty bad deal. So what do you think about the the uh, the lack of people at Bristol? Well, I think that, I mean, like you said, we've discussed it a lot on the show and then I Googled it just to see what everybody else was saying. And the, um, like the lodging was a problem, just like you just said. And then the weather, I mean, it wasn't the greatest. But still, like, with those factors, I'm, just, I'm still shocked that the attendance was like it was. I, I read that... Um, from 1989 to 2010, Bristol has sold out every time between then. Like, whatever race it was, it sold out. And I read that for this race, they didn't even fill up to, what was it? I think it was turn one and two. They didn't fill up, just, they didn't fill up at all. So, I don't know where the problem is. I know that I think 
the weather was going to play a role, and I think that they tried to plan for the weather. But I just think that NASCAR really needs to figure some of their stuff out or this is going to be happening at, I mean, more tracks down the road. I know that next season they've got some different ideas they're going to try for the uh, for NASCAR. They've got the new schedule, uh, which probably will which will definitely change up some of the people in the grandstands. It'll be interesting to see if it makes more or less. Um, they've also got the new sponsorship deal they've got going on with the with different sponsors, three different sponsors for the season, is the rumor I've heard, uh, as opposed to just having the Monster Energy people out there. Um, so they've got some different ideas. But I don't think they're the they're the right different ideas. I don't think they're going to fill up the grandstands with those ideas, and I don't really know what the answer is. I know that the there are a lot of different issues that have combined to create the current problem, and I don't think NASCAR can solve any of them easily. Um, I know that Bristol definitely won't take out half their grandstands. That would be uh, that would look really bad, and uh, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't be very cool either. Um, but that is the issue that they've had certain other tracks. Basically, at Daytona, they took out nearly half the grandstands. At Phoenix, they took out nearly half the grandstands. Just to make it look better, at Charlotte, they took out almost half the grandstands, and they still can't fill up the Charlotte Moore Speedway for the for the Coca-Cola 600. So there's a lot of different things going on there. Um, as we've stated numerous times on here, a lot of it is just the, just the changing times. But... NASCAR has to get a handle on it, or there's going to be a major problem in the near future. And it's not only a NASCAR problem. There are other series. Um, IndyCar has the same sort of problem at some of their tracks. Not all, but some of their tracks. Um, but it seems like in NASCAR, it's, it's pretty much the majority of the tracks that have the, have the issue now. Um, so they definitely have to work on something because they, uh, they're falling, and people are starting to notice that they're falling. And as soon as you start noticing that they're falling pretty soon, they end up being like a a small-time sports team that nobody cares about except for when there's nothing else on. And that's really not a good a, a good plan for the future. But hopefully we'll see how it looks uh, this next race at Richmond. It'll be a night race. Um, I don't know the weather forecast for Richmond. I know it's been really nasty uh, the past few days with some, some cooler weather. Um, so hopefully it's good weather for the race in Richmond this weekend. Um, I know Speedway Digest will be doing a lot of coverage of that because that is where the, the SpeedwayDigest.com home office is up there in Richmond, Virginia. So we wish that it'll be a good good event and that the uh, the home office staff from SpeedwayDigest.com has a great time out there at the track. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. I put out like six different articles today um, with various information about Barrett Jackson, as well as uh, Supercross and some other uh, motorcycle events, plus a couple stories about the race in Long Beach. So be sure to check that out at the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't? Be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at my fairly new site, Faborplum's Fantastic Finds. I put out a ton of articles, I think about 12 on there today, about all sorts of things happening in, in South Florida with a focus on Barrett Jackson, because that's the, uh, pretty much the biggest event, but also information about the uh, some food events going on around town, uh, some stuff about Easter, 
and some other cruising and that sort of information. Uh, and a few things about Universal Orlando, which are kind of cool. So you might want to check that out. I will be handing up to Universal Orlando in about two weeks. And I'll be doing a lot of coverage on Four Plum's fantastic finds about that. So be sure to check that out. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and by heading to Four Plum's fantastic finds at wordpress.com. That's F A B O R P L U M B S F U N T A S T I C F I N D S dot wordpress.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Hopefully next week we'll be able to, to reschedule Brian Ortiz, and we also plan on having Shea Holbrook back on the program. As you may remember, Shea Holbrook once raced in the Jet Dragster. She is now racing in one of the Formula Series, and she's going to be in a women's-only racing series in the near future. So that'll be kind of interesting. And be sure to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages for more details as they become available. Thanks again, and have a great week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.